Hey guys, this is Lisa. Welcome back to my channel, NYC Gal Out. Thank you for joining me today for some tea and kiki with me, NYC Gal Out. And guys, if you have a chance, go check me out on my other social media platforms under the username handle of NYC Gal Out. And if you guys don't have enough time to listen to this full recap, head on over to my YouTube channel where I give you guys a 15 minute synopsis. I know people are busy and they don't have time to listen to a whole entire episode like that and that's okay that's why I put up those 15 minute visuals I also know that some people prefer to actually see the person talking directly to them um, and that is why I'm starting to upload a lot more content onto my YouTube channel as well of course I also got like a few obnoxious comments emails messages where people were like oh you know are you even a real person I mean, nowadays, it just seems like everybody is blaming everything on AI. We're going to get a little bit more into that. But let's start with BravoCon Day 2 recap. Okay, if you guys want to find out what happened on Day 1, listen to my previous episode where I recapped Day 1. And also, of course, if you guys just want like little clips of what happened on Day 1, head on over to TikTok, head on over to YouTube. You'll find videos that I've uploaded about all the happenings of day one but today we're talking about day two of BravoCon okay so on day two there was actually a Vanderpump Rules producers panel and okay now if you guys had or if you haven't listened to my recap of day one I stated that there was actually a fan that asked about Bethany Franco and the whole reality reckoning. So that fan was not allowed to finish his question. He started asking his question and then the moderator cut him off before he could finish. And he was asked if he has any other question and the fan was like, no, you know, that's, that's my question. I don't have any other question. Now I felt like whoever is in charge of the whole BravoCon fiasco, they probably gather up their people their showrunners, their executives, and we're like, look, we have to address this. It's not going to make any sense to anyone that no fan is going to bring up this. So after what happened on the first day, I felt like, you know, the powers that be, they gathered together and were like, okay, well, we're going to implant people into the audience and we'll single them out to ask questions. But these are pre-prepared questions and it's going to give you guys time to think of a response. Now, the only reason why I say that was because on the Vanderpump Rules panel, they were asked questions that, you know, you guys didn't want to answer them on the first day, but now all of a sudden you guys are answering it on the second day. Like, that doesn't really make sense. And look, if you guys have ever been to like any sort of political event, you guys, I, I don't know if you know or don't know, but if you don't know, then I'm going to let you in on a little inside secret which is not really a secret it's very well known to anybody who is you know in the industry or you know or in in part of like the event planning coordinating whatever <clears throat> so now I already kind of told you guys what happens when you know when you have an event and it's not like a full house event and there's a lot of empty seats I told you guys that you know they'll usually bring people up to the front to fill out the front rows and then they'll move the camera up front so that you are not able to see 
any of the empty seats behind the cameras. Now, after I said that, that was like when everybody started coming out with like all of these pictures and videos of everybody from general admission going up to VIP. And a lot of content creators started posting pictures of like, you know, empty rows from like the middle onto the back and all this other stuff. Of course, you know what I always say that you could edit a lot of things, but one thing you can't not edit is the upload dates. And, you know, all these people out there are dropping what they like to call exclusive and breaking news and whatever. But again, like I said, you cannot edit the upload dates. So just go check out any of my videos. You guys are sleeping on my tea. I mean, I feel like all I do lately is just listen to my old episodes and just like post up clips of old episodes that I put out. But anyway, let's get on to it. So, okay. One of the things that they do also do is that, you know, when there are questions, like if there's like some sort of scandal or some like, you know, problematic event or situation that is going on, a lot of times what like these campaign managers or like event coordinators, what they do is they, they will implant people who are part of like, you know, whether it's part of the production company, part of the network, part of the political campaign, whatever, they will actually implant them into the audience. And these are not people that you are going to know who they are. They're not anybody that you're going to ever see on TV. They're not anybody who is a big shot. These are very, very, very behind the scene people. And when I say behind the scenes, I'm talking about like people who are probably answering the phones or doing the scheduling or whatever. So you're not going to know who these people are. You're definitely not going to know that they work for like Bravo or whatever. And what they do is that they are pre-prepared with questions that, that the cast the producers, the moderators, whoever, they already have the answers to. And again, you know, if you guys ever been to like any sort of political event, they do this a lot for the political candidates. You know, if there's like some sort of scandal going on, they'll have somebody from the campaign, a nobody that nobody ever saw, recognized, whatever, and they will be a part of the audience. And then it's like kind of, they'll just single out the person and be like, oh yeah, come up. Do you have a question? And then the question will be like, uh, well, Mr. Senator, do you have anything to say about what's going on with, you know, all this money that people found hidden in your wallet or whatever? Whatever the fuck the question is and so I kind of felt like this is exactly what happened with BravelCon and the reason why I say that is because you wouldn't let a fan which I felt was a legit fan you wouldn't let a legit fan on the first day finish his question about Bethany Franco and the reality reckoning but then on the second day all of a sudden everybody is allowed to ask these questions and everybody's asking the questions so I kind of feel like you know, this was very strategically planned. And I, I felt like it was planned because the executives were probably after that first day of BravoCon, the executives were probably like, okay, we need to address it because there's like no way that anybody would believe that nobody's going to bring this up. Anyway, so we'll get into that. So the Vanderpump Rules panel was made up of producers. There was four producers on there. Now, I don't know who these producers are assigned to because when you are on any sort of Bravo cast, you have these field producers and normally it's like two cast members assigned to one field producer. So I actually don't know who they are the producers of on Vanderpump Rules because I don't watch Vanderpump Rules. So I don't follow it like that. But I did watch the panels on Peacock. Now, if you guys have Peacock, um, it's you know, available to stream until November 10th. It was available from November 3rd to November 10th. So you guys still have like a few days to watch any of the panels that are on 
Peacock. If you guys don't have Peacock, Peacock is actually only $6 a month, which is more of, uh, I personally feel that Peacock is probably more, one of the more affordable streaming apps out there, um, you know, compared to the other ones, because the other ones are usually like $14.99 or whatever the hell it is, but you know, it's $6 a month. So if it's worth it to you, um, you know, go check it out. If it's not worth paying $6 a month to you, look, wink, wink. A lot of people upload this stuff onto YouTube. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, come on. That's just, that is very well known that a lot of stuff that you guys are trying to look for that is behind a paywall or that, you know, are trying to see if you guys don't have cable, if you don't have a streaming app, a lot of this stuff is available on YouTube that people upload so that other people have the ability to watch it and whatever else. But okay. <clears throat> so on the Vanderpump Rules panel, they were asked about what they thought about Raquel appearing on Bethany Frankel's podcast and the whole reality reckoning. And one of the producers gave like a very PR response, which was like, you know, it was a little difficult because I do know how hard the team works and everybody works to keep an open door policy. We don't want to put people in a virus or in situations they're not comfortable with. We're constantly checking in with them. Their teams are constantly calling us. Again, a very PR response because what are they going to say? They're not going to say something like, oh, we should do better or we could do better and going forward, we're going to do better. They're not going to say anything like that because then it's like they're admitting they're being shady motherfuckers that are like really deteriorating the mental health of their talent. So of course, they're never going to acknowledge that, right? Instead, it was a very PR response, you know, our freaking... Uh, our whole team and and, and whatever we're, we're like blah 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 I mean look it, it is what it is you know Bethany Frankel she wants to have this whole reality reckoning going on Raquel basically went on to Bethany Frankel and said she had like a mental breakdown a lot of people are coming out Nene Leakes is accusing them of racism Ebony K Williams is accusing them of racism Ramona Singer got canceled even before BravoCon started on the week that BravoCon was starting, she got canceled because of racism. And, you know, there's just so much going on, you know, so so much. You know, there's like so many housewives that whether it's them or their husband or whatever, they end up in jail. They have like substance abuse problems. A lot of them have DUIs. A lot of them have like tax evasions. Like they don't want to pay their taxes, whatever it might be. So it is a very PR response. And then when addressing Raquel's appearance on Bethany's Franco. One of the producers said, it, you know, I think it's kind of shocked us all because coming into the season, we were very excited for her. She has been in a relationship pretty much her whole adult life with fellow cast member James Kennedy. We saw that relationship. I think you all saw it. It's not the most healthy relationship. And we were really excited for her to be herself, to spread her wings. We still love her. And I'm not sure where some of that stuff came from, to be honest. Look, I feel like they are trying to throw Raquel under the bus. They are trying to present this narrative like, oh my goodness, she's on him. She's crazy. She's got mental problems, all this other stuff. Meanwhile, they're giving a pass to Tom, right? But Raquel wasn't cheating with herself. As far as I'm concerned, you can't cheat with just herself. You had to cheat with another person, right? So it seems like everybody's willing to give Tom a pass, but not Raquel. And Raquel feels like the sacrificial lamp to me. And look, here's the thing. When I think about stuff like this, it's like, I, I think back to Britney Spears, right? Britney Spears was really villainized and people are all like, oh my gosh, she's on him, she's bipolar, she's this, she's that. 
but it, it's like how come nobody blame any of the men? How come it was like? And she made a great point、um, in her memoir. She said, you know, everybody kind of flocked to Justin Timberlake when they broke up, and then she was like the harlot that broke up this golden boy. In, like this broke the heart of America's golden boy, and she said it was never like that. He cheated on me plenty of times with dancers, with groupies, with you know other artists, and and so it's it's kind of like I feel like the same thing. Why is the women always blamed? And here's the thing, you know,、um, and you see this a lot in divorce court, right? In divorce court,、um, when there is a very contemptuous divorce going on, normally. Even when it's contemptuous, you know you're able to work through it. But, but when people get really dirty and slimy and and like grimy like that, the women, the accusation that the women normally, I wouldn't say normally, but if you are a grimy person who is going through a divorce and you are feeling desperate, the accusation that the woman always makes against the man is that he was abusive, right? Because it's like it's a very believable scenario, and that is a way for the woman to gain sympathy. We've seen it with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. We actually see it right now with Lifetime movie psycho ex Vanessa and Louis Varelas. And then the accusation that the man, if he's really grimy, the accusation that the man likes to make in court, with divorce court, family court, whatever, is that the woman. Is mentally unstable. So, when the woman's being grimy in court, she likes to say that the man is abusive. When the man is being grimy in court, he likes to say that the the woman is emotionally unstable, mentally unstable. And we see it all the time. We see it going on right now with freaking Kim and Croy and Lifetime movie psycho ex Vanessa and Louis Arellas. We see.、It. I mean, if you guys ever watch an episode of Snap, you see it all the time on a fucking episode of Snap. So I feel like that's what they're trying to do right now with Raquel. You know, they're trying to like basically throw her under the bus. Like, don't believe anything she says. You know, we are a loving kumbaya family. We would never do that. We don't freaking supply people with alcohol. We don't try to cause conflict. All this other shit. But look, if you guys ever listened to Kim D when she was still on David Yance's podcast, Kim D has said multiple times that she was put in situation where production would lock the doors. And as a matter of fact, one of the situations that she brings up a lot is about San Galano. Or San Gabano, whatever the hell that restaurant is called, and it was, you know, some sort of event that was going on. And she said Joe Gorga had his fist in her face, like he was about to hit her, and that producers had called her to tell her that, you know, they wanted a fight between her and Joe Gorga.、Uh, she also said that the last time that the posh fashion event was filmed, producers had locked the doors because they wanted. Her and Teresa to have a confrontation, but then one of the women that was with her had actually ended up kicking the door open so that they could leave. So yeah, by now everybody knows that producers are shady motherfuckers. Like they want to present this narrative, but I think even before Bethany Frankel's whole reality reckoning, people were already very much aware that. This reality shows, even if they are not scripted, they are very heavily produced. So, yeah, I don't think anything. I, I don't think anybody is buying what she's selling. But I don't know. There are some people out there who still believe that Donald Trump won the election. So maybe there are some people out there who are buying what she's selling. I don't know. But anyway, let's move on. 
So they also talk about like you know when they first noticed the whole Tom and Raquel cheating. Again, I felt like very strategically placed people that are supposed to come off as quote unquote fans, asking these pre-prepared questions that they have answers to. So then one of the producers explained that I kept seeing little things like them lying. It's crazy because they all were questioning it, but I don't think that they put it together because it was spread out over so much time. I remember calling Jeremiah because we were getting ready for the reunion. I was like, Jeremiah, are we telling the right story? Because the story that they were all trying to say is that they were in an open relationship. Jeremiah, of course, is one of the other producers anyway. Um, let's move on to New Jersey. So on the New Jersey panel, of course, the panels are split. And look, the panels are split because Teresa does not want to be on the same stage as these mofo. Anybody who thinks it's for any other reason than to please Teresa, you guys need to get your head out of the sand. Andy Cohen has came out and said it himself. Read it yourself. It is in black and white ink. Read it in your like. Read it yourself if you guys need confirmation. Andy Cohen has said we split BravoCon because Teresa said that she would not get on stage with Melissa Gorga, and that was why BravoCon was split for the New Jersey panel the first time. This time they're not even disguising it. They're just like whatever. These two can't stand each other. And look, if you guys need any further proof, a lot of people tell me that like, oh, you know, um, production, they favor the Gorgas and they protect Mar Margaret Josephs. And look, they might very well favor the Gorgas and Mar Margaret Joseph. But here's the fact. The fact is Bravo, the one that signs the paycheck, the one that has the power, Bravo, the network favors Teresa. Tell me any other franchise, doesn't even have to be Housewives. Tell me any other franchise on the Bravo universe that they split the panel for just because one of the talent has conflict with their castmates. They do not do that for anybody else but Teresa. Now tell me, any other talents on any of the franchises, not even on Bravo, on the whole NBC Universal, okay? All the sub companies falling under NBC Universal and even NBC Universal themselves. Tell me any other talent where the network pauses production to wait for their talent to come out of jail for. Anybody who wants to say that it's an ensemble cast or that it is not the Teresa show, you guys are just haters and you know, you're in denial. Denial is more than just a freaking river in the in Egypt. Okay, well, <laughs> let's let's move on. So she was asked, you know, she was asked by the moderator where she stands with Teresa, and then of course, there's the ass trout mouth Marcus Joseph. She gave like some irrelevant response about on the up on the opposite side of the room, and it's like, girl, you're making it try to sound as if Teresa's calling you up 20 times a day, begging you to be her friend. Like, no, she don't need you to stay on the cast. Y'all need her to stay on the cast. Anyway, and then she goes on to say, I think at the reunion, we said it all. I only want her to have a positive life away from me. But again, look, Lindsay, the housewife historian, and I, we did a recent episode about this where we said that, you know, I opinion that Margaret Josephs and the Gorgas, they are scared for their paycheck because they were anticipating this cash trip 
where they would be able to carry the season where they were going to have confrontation with Teresa. They were going to have conflict. You put a group of women in a house for a few days, there's going to be conflict, especially when these women don't like each other. So they were anticipating to be able to carry the season based on that cash trip. It is not happening. And I think they're a little worried right now about their status. The Gorgas were anticipating the sit down that was going to happen with Teresa. She is sticking to her guns. She is not having this sit down with the Gorgas. She is paying them dust. Okay, so what do they have to carry the season with? Here's the thing. On the one or two seasons where the Gorgas were not fighting with Teresa, Melissa had to come up with a long lost half sister. That is how boring the fucking girl is that she needed to create a long lost sister because she had no storyline. So I don't know, maybe this year she'll create like a long lost brother or some shit. Maybe Margaret Joseph will freaking create a long lost love child or something. I don't fucking know. But like these people, they really... Like, like they think they're the stars, but yet they don't realize that all of their scenes are basically centered around Teresa. And here's an excellent point. Margaret Joseph, when she was throwing a 75th birthday party for her mother, she had this big lavish event and she was anticipating that, you know, it was going to be whatever, whatever, whatever. They show like a three five minute clip of it and the only clip that made it onto our tv screen was when the ladies were gathered together talking about Teresa. that was the only thing that made it onto our tv screen so it's like by now they have to know that the only thing that makes it onto viewers tv screen revolves around Teresa. and if they don't know that then again they're in denial and it is more than just a river in egypt anyway so let's go on. Melissa and Joe Gorga was also asked the same question and Melissa gave some BS answer about, you know, boundaries and her peace and toxic people and all this other shit. And it's like, girl, please, she doesn't want anything to do with you. Stop trying to make it sound as if Teresa is like fucking calling you motherfuckers up, begging you guys to be in her life. Like she does not want you, like she does not want anything to do with you guys. She is paying you guys dust. So, but they're trying to present this narrative as if it's like their choice or that they're the ones setting boundaries when Teresa literally is like, I'm never talking to you again after today, after today, I'm never like speaking to you people again. She's basically telling them like to go fuck themselves and like, you know, she, I think it was like Us Weekly or somebody who had asked her you know where where she stood with them Teresa us weekly or somebody had asked Teresa where she stood with them and she said that chapter is closed and that was all she said she just said that chapter is closed and then she very slyly gave the middle finger which I love I love people like want to sleep on Teresa and say she's dumb and she's this and she's that she's not dumb She's not dumb. And I'm going to tell you why she's not dumb. In that whole entire New Jersey franchise, she is the only one with the New York Times bestseller. Every single one of those motherfuckers came out with a book. You know where all their books are? Their, their books are like being freaking underneath a coffee table, underneath a couch, underneath a sofa. And it's being used as prop to like hold up like some wobbly leg underneath their couch. She's the only one on that franchise with the New York Times bestseller, not only one, but she has four New York Times bestseller, okay? She is the only one 
that again the network paused production to wait for her to come out. She is the only one that the network split the panels for at BravoCon because she doesn't want to be on the same stage as those motherfuckers. So it's like by now, you guys gotta kind of realize it. They don't want to realize it, and I think it eats them a like it eats them up. It drives. Them crazy. It drives them crazy. Okay, look, she was on Dancing with the Stars. She had an NFL. She has an NFL commercial. She had a Super Bowl commercial. She has a lot of endorsement. I mean, Margaret Joseph is like promoting some eyewear that I've never heard of. Melissa Gorga is like freaking. I don't know. Like promoting toothbrushes and toilet scrubbers and whatever the fuck she is doing. None of them. Have it at the status that Teresa has it, and it ekes them up alive. That's why they love to throw that whole felony thing in her face because that is the only thing they have. They don't have anything else, and it ekes them up that like they're not at the same status as her. And you know what? It ekes up all their fans too because all of their fans are like, "Oh, she's a felon. She's a criminal. She's this." Like, girl, please. She didn't pay her taxes. You know who else didn't pay their taxes? All your motherfucking politicians didn't pay their taxes. I am not going to put a reality star to a higher standard than to what my politicians should be doing. So that, that there's that. But anyway, let's move on. See, I hate talking about New Jersey because I always get myself all riled up. It gets me just so mad. Okay, so the New Jersey panel was asked also who was the most involved in the drama for the upcoming season. Everybody was in agreement that it was Danielle Cabral. Also, there was a clip that was played for the upcoming season, and you know there was like some event going on where thirsty ass Rachel Fuda was like, "Oh, Teresa, um, my husband's right there. Tell him what you said. Tell him what you said." And thirsty ass John Fuda was like, "Oh, you're a haspin. You're a haspin." A husband, you and your freaking Whoville-looking wife, y'all been on for one season. You guys were a never been. Forget about a husband. You guys were a never been. And it's like again, it's like you guys are only getting screen time when you guys have conflict with Teresa. Everybody, the whole entire storyline, the whole entire franchise revolves around Teresa. Nobody makes. Any screen time, unless they're talking about Teresa, unless they're interacting with Teresa, or unless they're having conversation with Teresa. So it's kind of like you want to call her a husband. You was a never been. Ugh, I can't stand fucking Fuda. He's just so grimy. I can't stand him. Okay, we're wrapping up New Jersey. Let's move on to Roni. On Roni, Erin was asked to explain her comment about Justin's uh, Justin's husband going to Vietnam, and she basically gave like some runaround stupid answer that she basically gave at the reunion, right? So at the reunion, she tried to like freaking I don't know talk around herself, like fumbling around her words, like. This girl was trying so hard to make sense of it. She made no sense at the reunion, and she kind of made like no sense when she was asked this question at BravoCon.、Um, she was like, "Oh no, that's not what I was insinuating. I wasn't suggesting that. I was just saying blah 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 blah." Anyway, if you guys watched the Roni reunion, it was basically the same nonsensical answer that she gave at the reunion. And then Saw jumped in and was just like, "Oh, it was just friends on the phone gossiping, blah 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 blah." Anyway. 
um, Bryn, she had like some really hilarious moment where she was walking down the escalator and then her shoes got stuck on the last step of the escalator and then it just like stopped the escalator completely. It was hilarious. I love Bryn and she's just, she's oh. such, I, I, I don't know, I just love her. She's such a queen. You know, I love everything about her. She's like my favorite person on Roni. Um, okay, there was also the Married to Medicine panel and Dr. Heavenly Kim's. She responds to a fan uh, who had a question about her marriage. She basically said, my marriage is not up for sale. She said, look, I put my life a lot. Like, I'm open about a lot of stuff about my life. But when it comes to, you know, certain boundaries and whatever, you know, my marriage is not up for sale. She said, I will never expose anything that might hurt my husband or disrespect him in any way. I answered that question for you. And then also um, Dr. Simone Whitmore, she gets emotional thanking her married to medicine castmates for saving her marriage. So in the season five reunion, her and her husband, Cecile, they were getting ready to get a divorce, but then her castmates they all spent the reunion talking to them individually, trying to tell them to work it out. And by the end of the reunion, the two have reconciled. And she said at BravoCon that this group right here kept us from going through with the divorce. We filmed the reunion on a Thursday. My actual divorce document was ready for signature that Monday. And had it not been for these ladies, each and every one of you saying everything you said to me, my marriage would not still be here if it just continued. At that point, she got really teary-eyed and emotional, and she said, I fight with some of these ladies, and they don't know through the fighting what they actually mean. I'm going to continue to fight with them every chance I get, but again, I mean it. This platform helps Cecile and I in a way that I just never will forget. Okay, so then back to the Roni panel. They were asked to explain why Jenna Lyons wasn't there. Now, if you guys follow me on my podcast, if you guys listen to my podcast, I have been saying it for months that Jenna Lyons was not going to be at BravoCon. All of these people who are saying, you know, exclusive and breaking news and all this other stuff. No, you guys were sleeping on my tea because I have been saying it since the summer that Jenna Lyons was not going to be at BravoCon. Here's the thing, okay? Say what you want about Jenna Lyons. She did not spend 27 years at J. Crew because she doesn't know how to negotiate a contract. This woman was running Drake. This woman was running J. Crew for 27 years because she does know how to negotiate a contract. I say it all the time with Valencia. People want to sleep on Jenna Lyons, you know? When Upa on that first part reunion, when Upa said that TV Jenna is victim and poor me, but off camera, Jenna is powerhouse. She hit it on the nail. Jenna Lyons is a powerhouse, okay? She has a different contract from the rest of the ladies on that Ronin cast. She probably gets paid the most. And Jenna Lyons, if you guys notice, she does not have to attend these cast events like the other ladies have to. She has a very exclusive contract that is exclusive to her. I've said it so many times. I say it all the time when I'm talking with Lindsay, the housewife historian. You guys follow my podcast. You know, I talk about it all the time. People want to sleep on her. People want to say like, you know, she's a nobody. Nobody's ever heard of her. Okay. Well, you might not have heard of Jenna Lyons, Bethany Franco, but you know who has? Obama. Okay. Michelle Obama, you know, <laughs> she has heard of Jenna Lyons. So I think like, and I, 
I can't remember what episode it was. I'll probably spend tonight like listening to my old episodes because I feel like lately all I've been doing is listening to my old episodes so that I click clip and post it onto my social media platforms when other creators want to come out and say, oh, breaking news, exclusive. And I'm like, no, actually, I spoke about this like, you know, two months ago, three months ago, a month ago. But anyway, so yeah, Jenna Lyons has a very exclusive contract just to herself, different from the rest of the Ronin cast. And again, I've said it multiple times that she was not going to be at BravoCon. I've been saying it in the summer. And look, she just does not want, like Jenna Lyons is a businesswoman, okay? She does not need the fame. She has the fame. She was actually already, um, she was actually already on a HBO show. I'm not sure if it's still available to stream or not. If you guys want to check it out, I actually have HBO. So maybe I'll go check it out to see if it's still on there to stream. But yeah, like, so people are kind of like sleeping on Jenna Lyons. But anyway, the answer that was given was that she had an event to attend to. So <laughs> it was like a non-answer. Um, going on to Potomac, Karen Hooker says that her season of friendship with Carice Jackson Jordan ended. Is that how she pronounces her name? Like, I don't watch Potomac, so I don't know how she pronounces her name. Is it Carice or Carice or or something else. I don't know. But if you guys do watch P Potomac, then you guys know who I'm talking about. And basically, Karen said, I don't dislike Carisi. Let's be very clear. But I would like to say this. We all know that relationship and friendships have a seasons. And our season has ended. And I'm okay with that. I can be cordial with Carisi. I wish her well. Okay, again, I don't watch Potomac. So if I'm mispronouncing her name, I'm just putting it out there. I I'm pronouncing it the way that I'm looking at how her name is spelled so i again I, I i don't know how she pronounces it so don't come after me you karens you barbecue beckies